Welcome to Women Made New. I'm your host, Kristalina Everett. Thank you for joining me today. Do I have a treat for you? And some of you are familiar with him and seeing him on social media and EWTN. And today I have Justin Fatiga. Thank you for being here, Justin. Crystalina, I mean, women made new. I don't know how you got me as a guest and women made new. I got, am I a woman made new? I, I, I got to be excited about this. Holy cow. Thank, <laughs> thank you for being here. This well, is going to be a I'm wild pumped. hour. I'm pumped to be here. I don't know who's going to get more excited, me or you, though. I don't know what's going to happen here. I know, right? It's like two fireworks competing <laughs> in the sky, right? <laughs> This will no, be I'm great. I'm excited. It's an honor. So for the people that are not familiar with you, who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? Yeah, I'm Justin Fatika. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. You know, I just I just dedicated my life when I was 17 years old. I had a St. Paul conversion uh, through my teacher was actually uh, another guest on many shows on EWTN, Father Larry Richards. He was my teacher as a 17-year-old boy, and he challenged me to be a man. And uh, I got asked the question, how many people will go to heaven because of you? Wow. And my, and my answer was zero. What does that challenge look like? What did he say to you? Because a lot of men need that challenge. And not that this show is for men, but I know men are listening. I know priests are listening. And some moms don't know how to challenge their own sons. Yeah, what that means is that we got to compete well. You know, look, I look at winning souls as a competition. I'm not better than anybody, but I'm not worse than anybody. I'm a child of God, and it's our job to win. And I made it, it was a challenge, and it convicted me because I saw that as I was losing. I might have been playing sports and winning. I might have been doing well or not so well in school, but I personally was, was not winning when it came to the spiritual journey, and I knew the answer was no one, and I had to be faced with that. If I died tomorrow, who would be in heaven because of my life? And that's where it started. And so when I had my conversion, after thinking I got a girl pregnant, after getting 820 on my SATs, after struggling as a, a young man to doubt himself, question himself, when I accepted Christ, I meant it. I meant it. I meant it with everything I had, and I was still a journey for me as it's been for, you know, 20 Eight years I've been doing this, but every single day I've w woken up and said, hey, how can I encourage somebody? How can I challenge somebody, admonish, admonish somebody? How would, can I build somebody up to help them to get to heaven? And it's been a journey like no other. And there's nothing greater than young kids witnessing a mom, as I do my wife, as people do you, Kristalina, witnessing a mom and witnessing a, a father fighting the good fight of faith and seeing them cry laugh, cajole, encourage other people. And when they see us winning people to Christ, they have to ask themselves the same question, Kristalina. They have to ask themselves, if I died tomorrow, who would be in heaven because of me? And my kids have to ask that question every day. And when mothers are doing that with a sincere heart, don't ever doubt that your kids are pushing on you, mothers, pushing on you, fathers, don't ever doubt they're pushing on you because they want to see you react in a way that is not worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But as they push on you, we need to be sensitive to sin and suffering. And in that sensitivity, God has transformed my heart. You know, and that's really what I'm dedicated to is uh, being sensitive to sin and suffering, you know, on a daily basis. So that, that's my hope for the world, that I can encourage every person I meet through you're amazing, through, you know, a way uh, that that is unique to my life, just like it would be unique to somebody else's life. So I'm honored to be with you and, and, and thankful. And I always tell people, I just, just had a video go out on my Instagram. I said, look, if you're looking for some, you know, conjured speech here, I'm not going to give it to you. This isn't about a platform. This is about me being a witness, me being a witness. And and if I fail at that, I failed everything. So every day, I hope to do my very best to honor God. Where did your amazing, because that's that's everything, that you, you base a <clears throat> yep. lot of it on that. Where did that yep. come from? Well, it's actually a tougher message than people realize. I mean, yep. people think that's like a wimpy message, you know, but you're amazing is one of the greatest 
challenges in our 21st century. You know, it, it was based after kids who were making permanent decisions mm-hmm. on temporary emotions. Wow. You know, it was based on me seeing thousands of young people, as you do and your husband does, as you and Jason do, as you see thousands of kids making permanent, permanent decisions, you know, for, for a temporary emotion. And I was at an event and a kid looked at me and he said, I think your message is BS, like only a, a young boy could do. And for me, I like that, you know, I'd rather a kid tell me what he really thinks than yeah. just go along with the message and not have his heart transformed. He was thinking, is this real or is this not real? Just as a mother and a father, our kids or our, our you know, nieces or nephews or the friends of our family, they're wanting to know, is this message real? Is Jesus real? And you might be the only person to show that Jesus Christ is real because you have the Holy Spirit. You have power inside of you, as Acts 1.8 says. So I looked at him and he go, why do you think this message is BS? He goes, because everybody's not amazing. And this was in mm. 2010, long time ago. And he go, I go, oh, really? And I go, why do you say that? He goes, well, you don't know. I don't have a dad, he goes. He's not in my life. And this kid was a big football kid. So I was like, oh, dang, he's getting real with me. And I said, well, your dad is amazing, and I'll prove it to you. He's like, you can't prove that to me. My dad's a loser. He said, I took care of my little brothers and sisters, you know, when they were little. He didn't take care of them. My mom has gone through so much, and I've had to walk with her through that. And I said, well, I still think your dad's amazing. And he says, how do you say that? I go, you were real with me. Can I be real with you? He goes, yeah. I go, answer two questions. Did it hurt you when your dad left? He goes, yeah, of course it hurt me. I go, did you ever cry about it? This tough football guy's like, he goes, well, why are you asking that question? I said, just answer it. Wow. Did you ever cry about it? He goes, yeah, of course I cried about it. I was just a kid. You'd cry too. I go, yeah, yeah, I would cry too. But if your dad wasn't amazing, it wouldn't have hurt so bad. He just didn't realize how amazing he was. And that's why he hurt you. That kid hugged me like he never hugged me before, right? probably in his entire life, like a grown man. I had tears in my eyes. And I said, let me tell you what, you go show your dad how amazing you are, and he'll know his life's worth it. I don't know where that kid is, but ever since that day, I knew no matter how tough a kid was or how quiet a kid was, that they needed to know they were amazing. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish, will have everlasting life, John three sixteen. Romans 5, 8, but God proved that we were amazing, proved he loved us, that while we were so sinners, Christ died for us. He proved we were amazing. We got to go out and show the world just how amazing they are. And I have Team Amazing Basketball. You know, we've got your amazing sports and schools now. And we have kids knowing they're amazing. We have wristbands everywhere and anywhere, kids from conference to conference building each other up and uh i'll go on street corners and they'll go hey uh, tell me i'm amazing you know how they go <laughs> i'm like oh my and uh, you know i'll go to tell me i'm and, uh, you know it can seem like it's just some slogan barrier or something but when i look them in the eyes i strive to look them in yeah. the eyes like i met that kid so <clears throat> no it matters everything yeah. you're saying matters i bet you walk into your barber and you're they're like hey Justin, you're amazing. Yeah, yeah, these Italian guys. I was just there today, Tony, Tony the barber, and he was he, he he's. I said, you're like my therapist, man. I, he was laughing. He goes, you have no idea. You're an easy one. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. We are talking with Justin Fatiga. If you've just tuned in, and we are going through who he is, what he does, and all the amazing You know what my name means, Kristalina. Do you know what my name means? No, but you're going to tell me. Fatiga. <laughs> it means t- I'll tire you out, and, you'll, and, and I'll tire myself out in the process. Let's hope I don't tire you out too much. Today. I love it. it sound, that sounds right. That sounds right. <laughs> that sounds great. I was looking on your website, and it was really beautiful because a lot of people want to kind of shun away from the topic of suffering. Yeah. But I love where it says that you have under your events that our world is suffering and in need of positive change. Our immersive events bring 
the Your Amazing message through encouragement, forgiveness, and a new sense of purpose. And that literally compiles everything that our youth and the culture right now is is kind of missing is that they have purpose, that they can be forgiven, and that God created them to be amazing with whatever it is God created them to be, but they're completely missing the mark on that with, I feel like, the new addiction of distraction. I feel like that is the new addiction of our culture is the addiction of distraction. Does Does that not sound right? Yeah, it pains me to talk about. I mean, no matter who you are, whether it's you or me or anybody, these distractions oh, man. just guide us so much away from the true purpose that people just want to be present with us. And so the word we use is presence ministry. You know, that's what we really strive to do. In our training of our young people, they can't have their phones but for one hour, once a week, wow. for, eight, for eight weeks. And we do that because we let them see how toxic their lifestyle has been. And they actually don't want their phones. They just love listening to people, crying with people, laughing with people, hugging people, high-fiving people. And two by two, our young adults go, our young adult missionaries. They go out into the world, into schools, specifically in Columbus right now, and just caring for kids and taking this your amazing message that cannot, it is unstoppable. I, look, people don't realize the, the, the Christian message and uh, secular philosophers, if, if you research the ones of the 21st century, they'll tell you, if not Jesus, then who? Mm-hmm. What's your bar? W- what are you living for? If not Christianity, then what? If not Catholicism, then what? Why aren't we taking Catholicism and Christianity and Jesus Christ and storming down the gates, you know, yeah, of hell, uh, you know, Jesus will do that through us. But storming down the gates in this world of, of distraction and discouragement and dissension and desires of the flesh and just doing our very best to let them know why they're amazing and has nothing to do with what they did. When I coach basketball, I tell my kids, you, are you playing or are you about a purpose? Because if you're just playing and you don't have a purpose, then you'll be discouraged. And that's the problem. We wake up distracted because we don't have a purpose. And that's what you're about. I I know your stuff. You do such a great job, you and Jason. And there's so many other ministries out there, you know, that are doing such a great job. I mean, I just can't, can't believe. Remember when we were young, there weren't missions like what you're doing or Focus or St. Paul Outreach or Damascus or the Mm -hmm. list goes on or, you know, all the different great speakers and whatever. We, We have resources in this great nation to be able to make a movement like never before. And we, we, we have to not be afraid of that to, to get people people focused on Christ instead of the distractions. See, that's the thing. People are so full of fear, fear and embarrassment, even of their Catholic faith right now. And they're not stepping in to what God is calling them to be because of that fear. And we're lacking such masculinity, but authentic, godly masculinity. How and where and what can people do, Justin? Well, I think we have to encourage our men. I mean, I know people don't like that word, but it takes courage. You yeah. see these you see these men who aren't doing it perfectly. Okay, I get it. You know, you might not want them to babysit your kids. Like, I've never been asked to babysit people's kids. I mean, it's just, I get it. You know, it's not like, I'm like the Vin Diesel, you know, you know, if you've ever seen the movie The Pacifier. They bring me in when, hey, look, our school yes. is struggling here. Bring this guy in here to encourage some people. But we have to really not be afraid to encourage men to live for Christ, even if they do it in a not-so-perfect way. I mean, Christ was pleased by Peter. Sure, he said, get behind me, Satan. But he was more pleased with Peter doing it in an imperfect way than Judas just giving up and saying, screw this, I'm done, right? People want to give up, especially men. Because they're not walked with and encouraged in that imperfect way that they're bringing Christ. We have to start walking aside men. You know how many men I know? I've been doing this a long time. 25 years, 28 years, you know, uh, professionally 25 years. I gave my first talk where people were saying, here, you know, giving me a stipend when I was 19 years old. And so 
I've been telling people this. I say, look, men want to walk away from the faith because we don't want to meet them where they're at. We mm. want them to be a cookie cutter. If you want to be a man or your, your young boy to be a cookie cutter, send them to school, send them in a row, say, go row three, right? Aisle four, sit there and shut up. That's not the way young men were meant to be treated. They were meant to be treated, say, guess what? Go out there, give it your best shot. And guess what? If you mess up, just like Jesus, you're going to get up again and keep going. Men need to be encouraged to take bold chances. And guess what? We will have less men. So in our mission, we made an, a, a, a strategic decision that we would only allow the ministry, the missionary outreach to grow as long as the men were going. So we have, we have this year 10 men and four young ladies. Doesn't mean young ladies aren't great. But we want to grow this for men through these young men to be models and examples. And women go, well, look how they're doing it or look at this. And you know what? They aren't doing it as perfect as maybe, you know, a young lady could do it because women are unbelievable. I mean, come on. God, I mean, <laughs> and my wife does things way better than I do it. That's for sure. And I'm telling that every day. But we got to give these guys a shot. You know, yeah. men love underdog movies, Rocky Balboa. They love underdog movies. You know, even this new movie, the beautiful movie, The Sound of Freedom, underdog. Why do they like that? Because it's imperfect people doing extraordinary things. That's right. And that's what we need to realize with men. And I don't know if that speaks to anybody, but it's, it speaks to my kids. My kids see me screw up and they're like, yeah, if this guy could do it, anybody can. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love that. So, Justin, I want to know, what can mothers do if they don't have that strong man within the home and that godly spiritual leader and just encouraging their sons or they maybe um, are in a divorced family and they don't know how to raise their boys like that. They're doing the best they can. But what are some tips that mothers can do to raise these these godly, courageous men of God? Well, I think, you know, if anybody's in a, a divorce situation, anybody that, you know, is in a separate home, that is not easy. So yeah. you guys are my heroes out there. And I just want to let you know, anybody that's out there, you are a hero. Don't ever, young young ladies, you know, uh, I always tell people, hey, nobody's old compared to God. Only God's old. We're, if we're 80, he, he's, he's way older than us. He's, he's infinite and, and forever. So I, I just want to say, young ladies out there, please cheer on the men doing their very best. You got to be somebody. See, the boys, the young boys in your house, they watch how you cheer your husband on. They watch how you desire to spend time with him or how you desire to not be around him. They see when you shut him down and when you pick him up. See, our model is our lady, the great gift uh, of the assumption, right? Uh, the feast day that we celebrate. What did our lady do? In Jesus' ugliest time, he was being cheered on by the mother of God. Mm -hmm. Here I am. Here I am. Right? And we need to be a witness to our young men saying, men are a gift. Men matter. And when they see us go, wow, my, my father, I love. We have to talk about our fathers and how they prayed. We have to talk about our grandfathers and the witness they were. We have to talk about the uncles that were heroic, even though they were imperfect. And even like my grandmother says, I had this uncle, Uncle, uncle Werpy Lombardo. You can imagine <laughs> what kind of stuff he got involved with. I mean, I go, Uncle Werpy, where'd you get your name? He's like, Justin, I'll tell you where I got my name. You see, when I got in the newspaper some, for some not some good things, he said, what I did was I changed my name. Back then, there were no rules in the newspaper. So I said, the great Werpy Lombardo did these bad things. So I never would discourage my mother. 
And I said, oh, that's great. So I went back to my grandmother. I said, what'd you think of Uncle Werpy? He, he did some <laughs> tough things. He was in the newspaper. Now, my grandmother's a holy woman. She's the one person in my life that when I accepted Jesus, she was cheering me on. Yes. She's like, keep it up, right? She's just a praise of daily rosary. Yep. She still prays. She's 104 and still prays her no rosary. No way. Oh, wow. Yeah, she, she's a hot mama. You, I mean, this lady, I mean, if you go, you can go to my Instagram and check her out. She's unbelievable. I'm going. Yeah, you. if you, 104 years old, unbelievable. And so I said, Graham, what'd you do? She said, look, when Uncle Werpy was in my presence, I challenged him because he wasn't such a good example. I go, well, what else did you do? She says, but when I was in public, I always let people know that's my brother. Mm. That's my brother. And that spoke to me because did you know, and this is interesting, and I understand people have to be called out for things and held accountable. But let's be real here. If all of us had a video screen of all of the worst things we've done, mm -hmm. we'd all be in big trouble, right? Yes. I, don't care who, I don't care who you are. Me, you, and everybody who's listening. That's right. But my grandmother's, did you know, getting back to the so unique thing about what our country's going through, it used to be public speaking was the most feared thing. And, and that people feared the most. It was public speaking, then death. Wow. Did you know there's a new one? Number one? What? Public humiliation. Wow. Yes. Because the social media culture has created this. They've seen so many people get destroyed and they've watched the effects of that. We need to start seeing that who people are as a father, as a grandfather, as an uncle, as a mom, as a dad, that they're important, that their essence and their identity comes from being children of God and someone else's children. Somebody said to me, why didn't you hurt that person? That person destroyed you. You know how many people in ministry have destroyed my name, done horrible things, mm -hmm. talked junk about it? Like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Probably for reasons that people are afraid to even talk to me. And guess what? They say, why don't you destroy them? And I go, that's somebody's kid. And I, I, I'll, I'll tear up a lot of times. I go, I can't hurt him. Mm. And so I think it's important that look, we listen to my grandmother. She's got great wisdom that we need to admonish each other. One-on-one, -on -one, two by two, with the bishop, as Matthew 18 says in the Bible, right? But most importantly, we need to encourage that that hurt me because you're my uncle. That hurt me because you're my friend. That hurt me because you're my mom. And I think we need to speak from who, not what our kids are doing, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And call it out by name, right? And yeah. there's power in that. And there's power. authority in that. So I understand what you're saying. And also... I'm a father. That's authority. I'm a husband. That's authority. That's and right. In Jesus' name, it gives you quadruple authority. And mothers have authority in their homes, oh. and they don't realize the kind of authority they have, and they need to pick up their weapons of light <clears throat> that Jesus has given us, but they don't know how to, Justin. That's the thing. They don't know how to, and they need to be taught how to. Even just fasting for their children, when I really yes. have a serious problem in my home, wow. that is my go-to. I well, start fasting for that child, or I start fasting for that situation. Hands down, I'm telling you, I always see God's grace in the wow. situation. It may not be the way I want. It may not be what, what the exact thing that I was thinking it was or whatever's happening, but God will always reveal what is most important and that needs to be dealt with. At least that's how he's worked in my life. But we need to pick up that weapon of fasting and oh, not I be afraid of it. And we're not talking about like bread and water. You don't have to do that either if you're pregnant or you can't do it or you have something going on physically. It's about don't go to social media for a day. Don't watch that Netflix show. Don't drink that coffee that day. Just just keep silence in your car and don't turn on the radio. Distraction, distraction. Shut it down. Shut it off and offer it up to God and see what he has to say to you about yourself, your family, whatever's going on. And he will talk to you, but nobody makes room for God in their lives anymore. Oh, I, I agree with that. And I think it's the simple fact that there is a need for kids to see that we're willing to sacrifice everything, mm. everything yes. for them. You know, it's not about what they do. It's about who we are in Christ. Our focus has to be Christ, not them. You know, me as a father, you kind of 
yesterday in the car, like, what are you doing back there? It's getting out of hand. I got three <laughs> Rough Riders in the back, you know, wrestling, headlocking each other, you know, getting all excited while I'm at, you know, getting a, the car washed and, and vacuuming everything out. And they're like, you know, putting the seat on each other and, you know, pointing at each other. I'm Screaming. Like, what are you doing over there? But what's more important is what you're talking about is saying, you know what, how can we sacrifice? How can we sacrifice? for our children and for and and when they see that it's unbelievable it's unreal the effects i i I love the fasting that that's your go-to you know my go-to has been for our family is like just don't miss a rosary you know what i mean that's right that's the other weapon right right, straight up for us like the rosary is everything for us in our family Mm mm-hmm you know, I don't care if they're, you know, picking their nose or they're <laughs> headlocking each other. We're going to say to Ro- people are like, well, they're not focused in a reverend. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm ADD through the roof. Me being focused in the rosary isn't too focused either. Yeah. You know hey, I, mean? I second that motion. You know, like, I'm not the most focused. People see me pray the rosary. They're like, oh, interesting. Yes, no, I completely get it as a mom. We are going to take a quick break with our friends over at EWTN, and we will be right back with more from Justin Fatiga. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Women Made New. I'm your host, Kristalina Everett. Thank you for joining me and for tuning in. And for those of you that are just tuning in, I am here with Justin Fatiga today, and he has got an amazing ministry. And it's actually, you are amazing is his big message, which it is true. And he has said that it is hard for people to take that in and to really grasp that concept. Because a lot of the time we believe that demonic dialogue, we believe all the lies the evil one wants to tell us out of our own insecurities or brokenness or whatever it is. And Justin just kind of blows that all out of the water. And basically the same message, even that I have, it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, all that matters right now is where you go from here and that you are being called regardless the state of life you're in regardless of what's happening in your life regardless of your family your heritage or whatever's been done to you or that you've maybe done to yourself Jesus is calling you and you are invited and you have a seat at his table. And today is Saturday and every weekend Justin I say go to confession. It is the most important thing anybody can do is to be right with God and to go to confession. So, Justin, what do you have to say to the people listening right now that are just like, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel loved. I don't feel like God really does want me. Or maybe they have kids that think that or living like that. What can they do? What do you have to say to them? Yeah, James 1.12 says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. He has a promise for us, a promise. And the promise isn't did we do wrong or right and are we good enough? Mm -hmm. The promise is his promise that if we love him, if we put him first and put everything else aside, he will persevere with us and for us we have to stand those tests and we are tested all the time and one test is whether or not to go to confession you know and that's why we need to go because it's a test that we all need to endure through because it's not easy you know that it's like man oh man i could have done better there i could have done better but it's not about us it's about us receiving that mercy and love and forgiveness and so I just think each person out there know that God is asking us this day to be confident in his promise. And his promise is that we are good. His promise is he has a call for our life. His promise is that it's going to keep getting better and better until we meet him. Amen. And that doesn't mean there's not going to be more trials. Better means there are more trials. Not that we're looking for them. But I know in my own personal life, the more I follow God, the more trials there are, the more challenges I face. But those challenges 
are what God's asking me to face right now. Whatever challenges you're going for, be encouraged because God's got a call for you. So, and thank you, Kristalina. And, and I, just, I love thanking people. I love catching people doing great things. You know what I mean? I think that that's how we, like, if we can train our minds to be like God, you see, God catches us, right? Mm. He's like, wow, that's my son, whom I'm well pleased. Look at my son. You know, he matters. That's what converted me. I was having, you know, a little reversion. You know, I, I live the gospel. We all need reversions back to a, a greater conversion. We have to have a conversion daily. We're Catholics. And I had a, a Baptist friend of mine who's a mentor to this day. He put his hand on my head and he said a prayer. And the prayer he said is, this is all he said. He said it like 40 times. It felt like that. He said, <laughs> that's my boy. Oh. That's my boy. That's my boy. I just got married. And I was doubting whether I could be a great husband. I was doubting whether I could be a great father. I was just uh, married and we're, our firstborn son was on the way. And I kept hearing in this prayer, that's my boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. What did that said, do for you? Oh, I started crying because he didn't say anything else. I'm like, you got to say anything else? Yeah. <laughs> I said, first of all, it's torturing me right now. Get your hand off my head. I'm Italian. Don't yeah. be touching me every second. You touch my I, hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I gelled it up perfectly today. You know, like, so I'm That's like, hilarious. holy cow. So exactly. And so I'm going through that. I'm like, and I was just so impacted. He, that prayer gave him an authority over my life where I've been a friend and a brother to him, even though he's not even Catholic. He, he's like, he's going to mentor our missionaries this year and he's going to do that same prayer. It meant so much that it gave me that call that who I was never changed. When I was baptized, a child of God, God was saying, that's my boy, you know, oh. or, you know, and, and I, it seems so simple and just so like, but for me, I think that us as Catholics, we need to do that. You know, that's something I do with my kids every day. And when, you know, my kids, I look at them and they're like, why do you got to look at me? You know what I mean? Like, because I'll just look at them for like, I don't know, for them, it's a long time, like five, 10 seconds before they go to bed and they go, dad, what are you looking at me for? You know, because they see some of the spiritual gifts God's given me. They're like, oh, is he looking to see what I've done right or wrong right now? You know, I, go, I don't use that on the family, I swear. And so one of my sons, I look at him and I go, what do I see? What do I see? And uh, he was four when he said this. He goes, you see Superman. <laughs> I, don't know. I go, okay, all right, I'm seeing Superman now. Okay. All right, Superman. What else do I see? And ever since they were little, because of that prayer, I give my kids names. And I said, I see. And he goes, yeah, dad. You see the hopeful encourager. And because uh, that's his name that I gave him when he was in the womb. He's the hopeful encourager. So something like that I got from that moment, what it was, was I need to like speak the truth of God into my children wow. like that man did to me. So how does how does someone do that if they don't know how, Justin? Can you kind of walk us through that, especially as moms, to be able to do that with our children? I think one thing to start with is start writing your letter. Anybody can write a letter, right? Mm -hmm. Start writing to your children. Even if you don't give them the letter like that day, maybe you build up 20 letters and you give them to them at the end of the year or something. And in writing those letters, you know, nobody's going to write in a letter. Why did you do that? <laughs> you drive me nuts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, why, why do they always tell you to write? All like before you have an important meeting, write down all your thoughts before you go into that meeting. Because you don't write, I hate them. They make me feel like a jerk right now. I want to kill them. You wouldn't write that. So it's important to start writing to your children. And then in that writing, God's going to reveal a beautiful piece about your children. So one thing I do when I'm staying focused, I'm in the spirit of God is that when my kids do wrong, I don't say, what are you doing? I go, you're the shining light. And then all of a sudden, they, you, you can see them go, oh, man, 
can't just do that. And I'll, or I'll go like, but you're the beautiful strength. Why are you saying you're a loser? You're the beautiful. Dad, come on. You know, because what I'm doing is I'm speaking the truth of the Holy Spirit and the power and authority of Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father over their soul. So in writing to them, then let the Lord speak to you what their name's going to be. And then give them a name. I love it. I, I mean, it's my big thing. I, whenever I do marriage training or uh, parent training, I always say, yeah, everybody's got to have a name. And it can't be like, oh, beep, beep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can't be like, oh, you know, you're a loser. You don't want that to be their name. You want their name to be beautiful and, and precious. Have you ever come up with a list and put it on your social media or anywhere on your website of just different um, powerful things people can speak over and into their children? If it's Bible verses or things that really have helped or encouraged you or that you've said to other kids that have really helped encourage them. Is that anywhere in writing? Not, anywhere? Now I'm going to have to hire you to be in charge of my <laughs> social media. I mean, <laughs> that would be really powerful, Justin, because a lot of moms would love uh, just moms at home who really well, struggle. It'd be powerful for you to have that somewhere for moms who don't know how to do that, don't know what to say, but they want to. It, the, the, that longing's there. And maybe they'll even say it to themselves over time, you know, and things that people can remember to help encourage in those times of discouragement because there is so much discouragement. I feel like the devil is just beating everybody down to a pulp if he can. And if you aren't strong in your faith and who you are in God and um, have complete competence in your own Catholic faith, you will be taken out. It's very simple. And so now is the time where we need to show up, step up, pray up and, um, be able to speak those words of power if we know what they are. And I think that's something that that is very encouraging. And I know in the Bible, it's it's everywhere, but people don't pick up their, even their Bibles these days. Right, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I give out more Bibles than anybody right now. We give, we're giving out, you know, anywhere from five to 15,000 Bibles for free just to kids and adults. Anybody comes to our events, the Word of God is just so important. Powerful. I, I praise you, Lord, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139, 14. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. And what I do is when I pray a rosary before each mystery, I memorize scriptures and I say those. So my kids, because, you know, there's four different, you know, of the mysteries, right? There's, there's four different uh, types. Basically, they memorize, you know, when we say the baptism of the Lord, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. And that might be seem like a lot, but just memorizing one Bible verse like for a month and just saying that Bible verse anytime with your kids yes. can be helpful. But I love those words you speak over their children. But I think there's two things holding back. We know the obvious one, and that's sin. Mm. You know, S-I-N, we let ourselves get in the way. We have to stop glorifying our sins. We have to start glorifying God. We have to stop glorifying our weaknesses. We have to start glorifying God, empowering us through our weaknesses. We have to stop glorifying anything that isn't of God and through God and in God, our Father. And I don't know if you know this, but in the book of Matthew, and there's two times that Jesus teaches the Our Father, which is the most important prayer, mm-hmm. right? My spiritual father, Father Larry Richards, writing a book. He spent 13 years writing this book. It'll come out in the you know, next two to five years. But that's because the Our Father, it's about the Our Father. And the Our Father is important. And in the book of Matthew, read this. Go look it up. It's, it's, it's so interesting. At the end of the Our Father, Jesus regurgitates two lines from the Our Father. And most people don't know what this is, but I believe he did it for a reason. It's the most important prayer. And it's, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. See, we get so caught up in all these little things our kids do. Because we're so caught up in all the people we haven't forgiven. Mm. I remember I was doing a youth ministry uh, um, conference. And one of the people at conference, basically, I wasn't there, but in front of everybody, about, you know, 500 youth leaders, just basically goes, what is he doing here? You know, and said some, you know, pretty horrible things about me. And Bishop Frank, who's been my spiritual mentor, said, what are you going to do about this? 
I go, Bishop, I've seen too much suffering. You can only treat somebody like that when you've suffered. He goes, so what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to go out to lunch with him. <laughs> and uh, I ended up going out to lunch with him, and I remember being at that lunch, and uh, I met him in his town that he lived in, and he shared about how the past summer his daughter was raped. A few years later, he gave me a prayer card. I wasn't at the conference. I was at another, you know, town speaking. And he gave the prayer card to my booking manager. And I bring the, she brings the prayer card back. She says, Justin, this guy wanted you to read this. And so I opened it up. And it was a prayer card of his son. He said, I just want you to know my son gave up on life. And I, I hope you could pray for him because it would mean a lot. Wow. I don't think we realize the authority that God's given us and what's holding us back so much is we probably haven't forgiven someone. And you know what? It's hard to forgive. You know, I can honestly say, like, when I gave my life to Christ, Kristalina, I thought, because I was getting, you know, you know, not too good at grades. I was struggling in school. I thought that people would be like so pumped that I was doing the right things, but I didn't realize that they weren't going to be. Mm. And it was so hard for me because all I wanted to do was please my dad and my mom, you know? And what I didn't realize is that God was pleased by me and that's all that mattered. And I think everybody out there has to realize that you're not going to please everybody. And not everybody's going to be pleased with you. But that Bible verse, Romans 5, 8 says, but God proved, and I, I hear he's pleased, he's proud. You're amazing. That's what I hear. God proved his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And um, I remember I wanted my dad, I was speaking all over the country, as like a 22-year-old, I was at evangelical festivals. I was hoping my dad was going to see something. And to be real, he didn't. He's like, how are you going to take care of your family or this and that? And uh, I remember I was praying in adoration. I was just married and I was praying. And I go, why doesn't my dad get this? And I hear in adoration, he loves me more than you do. Now, what you don't know about my dad is that he's really never gone to church ever since he was a 12-year-old boy. Wow. But I didn't realize how much hurt and pain he went through while being a part of the faith. I had no clue, but God knew. And I didn't know why I was hearing that. It's like, I go to confession, though, you know, God. I, I go to daily mass. I pray a rosary. And I just kept hearing, he loves me more than you do. I remember I went back. Uh, for Christmas break, and it didn't matter what my dad did. I was going to treat my dad the way God treats me, and I just looked at my dad with tears in my eyes, and I said, Dad, I'm proud of you. And he goes, what's your problem? Your life's great. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he, he's like, why? I'm like, no, Dad, I'm really proud of you. I'm going to love you no matter what. And uh, he goes, let's just watch the game. Your life's fine. You have a good life. Get over it. All right? And I go, no, I know my life's fine, but that wasn't what meant so much to me. And what meant so much to him, I can tell you that my dad sat in tears two years ago at our board conference sharing about how much love we have for one another. And I was so focused on what my dad was doing wrong and right and mothers, fathers out there. We've got to stop focusing on the wrong and right. And we got to focus on what God sees in our children, you know. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that, I promise you. It will penetrate any distraction, any dissension, because we won't see what the enemy wants us to see, that they're a loser, that they're nothing, that they're not good enough, that they'll never met. We only see what the father sees. Wow. That's my boy. That's my boy. So that's what I got for you, Kristalina, and that's what I'm sticking to. <laughs> that is very, very powerful because people really get hung up on the hurt that has been caused to them, and they hold on to it. They harbor it, and, it, and it's a rot. They don't yeah. realize that just 
festers inside of them and they're hurting themselves. And that's where the devil will have that control and have that just just can operate out of that wound with all the insecurities. And a lot of the times that people do, especially unjustly, come after you, it really isn't about you. And people don't understand that it really is about them and what's going on in them or their insecurity or a wound. But we're so silly to take the bait and take it on as our own. But people have to stop looking at things with the eyes of the world and start looking at it as a man and woman of God. And they'll see things more clearly, but they can't do that without the grace of God. So it always goes back to them of, okay, where's your spiritual inventory? When's the last time you went to confession? When's the last time you spent time in front of Jesus in adoration or went to mass or prayed that rosary or just asked God, Jesus, help me in this moment. I feel weak and I'm overwhelmed. Help. You know, it's that simple. It's that ABC prayer that matters most sometimes, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's the, you know, it's the cross. Yes. It all goes back to the cross. You know what I mean? Like, you, we want to run from the cross. That's why I say we want to make a world where no one suffers alone. No one, and I mean no one, is alone when they look at the cross. No one. Mm. No one in the world is alone. When you look at the cross of Jesus Christ, yes, it's our Savior. Yes, it's our King. But it's that human man being the king and the Lord saying, come to me, lay all your burdens at my cross and I will set you free. And it's the same thing when people hurt us. Don't look at what they're saying. Look at the cross. And for me, the only reason, you know, my kids always ask me, dad, you know, you're able to forgive people, you're love people. And I always tell them, the only reason I've been able to do that is because I've seen a lot of suffering. Mm. You know, I wish I could take credit for the good guy I was, really, seriously, sincerely. You know, I can't take credit, and I'm not trying to be hopefully over over spiritual, but really I've seen, you know, when you got kids coming to you saying, Coach, my dad killed himself. I mean, what am I going to do, you know? What am I going to say? You know, other than I love you, what am I going to say? Like, oh, you didn't go to church? You loser. You know what I yeah. Mean? Like, what am I? All I'm going to do is give him a hug and say, I've, I'm, I got your back, man. I'm yeah. gonna, I, and the cross is that gift that says, I got your back. I remember being 17 years old. I'll never forget the first prayer I prayed. I said, Jesus, you got my back. I got your back. I said, you die for me. I'm going to die for you. And I I hate saying this, but like as a seven, I like meant it. Mm-hmm. Like, as a kid, and I think if you pray that prayer, Jesus, you die for me. I'm going to die for you. And what's dying? Forgive us our trespasses. Yeah. As we, you want to talk about dying? Are you serious? <laughs> Forgiving some of these horrible, I mean, disgusting things that people have done to others. Yeah. And I have a whole, we won't get into that, I have this whole theology of rejection. It's a four-phase process. Wow. To like how to get to that peaceful place when you've been rejected. And it's beautiful if you if you can see rejection, the blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not blessed are those who are praised and worshiped for their only one deserves to be worshiped. That's right. I love the fact that you're bringing up and forgiveness is such a huge part. And I think you you really hit the nail on the head of something, okay, that I think a lot of parents overlook is to look in their kids' eyes and when they do them wrong, look at them and show them and say to them, I forgive you. I forgive you for hurting me. It's okay. I love you. And you know what? Even I, and as you're talking, I've thought of different moments where, you know what? I need to go back to my child and I need to let them know I forgive them, that it's okay. And that's going to make you a better parent. If you can have that humility to let your kids no, you forgive them, but also learn how to say you're sorry, and but meaningful. Really look in their eyes and say, I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm sorry I lost my temper. I am sorry. I think those things are huge and powerful, and I think those are the weapons of heaven. Yes. Right? Peace, peace patience, kindness, gentleness, That's compassion, right. Self-control. Weapons of heaven. Yeah. The fruits of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I lo- Look, thanks for being you know so real about that, because that's one of, my, one of my favorite things to do is like... 
like look in my kids' eyes and don't think it's weird. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, they will, and that's okay. <laughs> Who looks at them? You know, really genuinely. Everyone's got a phone in their face. Yeah, and they. But you're right. And I, what what I do also love is is what you're saying is is so important is to admit your faults. Yep. You yeah. know, I. You know, I people come to me and go, your kids are so great, and uh, you know, uh, or they encourage them. I'm like, well. They're great on their own accord. You know what I mean? If they were following me, I wouldn't, I, they wouldn't be happy. They're following God the Father. You know, they're following Jesus Christ. I mean, that's why they're great. And another thing that helps me is, you know, especially as your kids get older, if you have older kids, even if they're in their 20s or 30s, put in a line in your phone that best explains what your child means to you. Mm. And that helps me with my two older ones. You know, because they're teenagers, so, you know, they're going to say some things, say, you know, I'm going to do my own thing, Dad. And, you know, for me, that's like, oh, yeah, here we go. You know, you're moving on from Dad, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know yeah, which is good. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But in some ways, in my own humanness, I'm like, ah, oh, man, good thing you still got God the Father. But it, when I put in there what reminds me of the most sacred moment that I've had with them, and you can put in there anything, like, my son is the best listener I've ever met. That's what I have, right? And he is my son. Listens to me, listens to my wife, listens to his friends. He was just yesterday sitting with a friend. I go, what'd you do? You were just sitting there. He goes, oh, I was just listening to my friend. And this wow. kid's 17 years old. You know? And so I'm like, he's the best listener. And I just keep <laughs> pounding. Hey, you're, he goes, I'm a better listener than you. And he's like, and I'm like, that's for sure. And, uh, that's <laughs> so, great. Yeah, so I think it's something in your in a phone to do that. And like always find ways. I you know, the second principle of being the most encouraging person on the planet. I'm writing a new book and like it's like catch people doing what's right. And it comes from one of my encouragement coaches, Ken Blanchard, who's helped me out so much. So you gotta encourage people. We we gotta be the most encouraging person on the planet, because that's who Jesus was. That's right. Justin, it's been an honor to have you here. And the time has gone by so fast. Where can people find more information about you, your book, social media, to connect with you and your message? Yeah, I mean, go to at Justin Fatika on any social media platform. At Justin Fatika, you'll get a great video. I mean, people will be, I know it's, and you'll get, it's different. It's unique. There's a lot of entertaining stuff, a lot of fun stuff. And you can go to our website, amazingnation.org and look for, uh, any of my our bus tours where I'm traveling, I'll be speaking in like 15 different cities this year all across this great nation. And, and uh, you can come check us out. And if you come see me, I'd love to, I'd love to say you, you heard heard about it, Kristalina Everett's show. I'll, I'll go tell her. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. And you will be in my prayers and everything that you do. God bless you. Thanks so much. And you're amazing, Kristalina and Jason and all you're doing. Thank you, Justin. Thank my guests again, Justin, for being here. And for those of you who don't know, or just a quick reminder to download the EWTN online learning series for women made new. And you can get that at EWTN.com backslash women made new or download the EWTN learning app. And it even has a free study guide for you. All these unbelievable videos. Mother Angelica is a part of it as well. So to download that if you can this weekend. And again, don't forget to go to confession. I'll see you all next week and have a great weekend. God bless.